everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Orange and White Podcast. I'm Dan Hope, joined by Brandon Rink. Brad Sankiv is out in Arizona covering the Fiesta Bowl, and we're going to preview it here from Anderson, but uh, be sure to go to orangeandwhite.com. Uh, full coverage of a Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Brad's doing a lot of stuff out there in Phoenix. Uh, you go to our Facebook page as well, orangeandwhite.com Facebook page, Greenville News Facebook page. Uh, Brad's doing a lot of live coverage, Facebook Lives and stuff from there, along with Scott Keeper of Greenville News. So uh, a lot of coverage coming from Arizona uh, this week and Saturday. We wanted to join you for a little bit to uh, preview what we think is going to happen. Uh, a big game for Clemson, back in the college football playoff for the second year in a row, back at the site of their national championship game loss last year, uh, University of Phoenix Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, that's where Clemson suffered a 45-40 to loss to Alabama last year, and Clemson could end up with another date with Alabama this year. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later, but first, uh, they've got to beat Ohio State, and this is going to be you know, an interesting game. It's been uh, Ohio State's been a three-point favorite in Vegas pretty much the whole way from opening line to now, and you know, it's, there's been a lot of different predictions. I've seen a lot of people predicting Clemson, but I think everybody agrees that this should be a pretty close game. I mean, you have a few people here and there who think one team is significantly better than the other, but I think for the most part, uh, people are expecting this one to be a really good game. Yeah, it's, it's funny that the Vegas line, you know, it's, it's stayed pretty consistently at three points. I don't know if it really matters. You know, like, like Clemson has done really well as an underdog in these bowl games and I think it would be just sort of a continuation if they win it kind of a continuation of the oddity of a uh, winning as an underdog in that run uh, there's so much talent both in the coaching staffs and the teams that I don't think the Vegas line really matters that's, that's all money one way or another for Vegas but uh, it's it's gonna be a really fun matchup just so much talent on both sides of the ball it seems to me like the underdog mystique hasn't been there as much this year. Maybe as much as I thought it would have been. This is a team that last year really played up the underdog card, but I haven't really heard that much in, in the lead-up to this game. I, I don't know if they're necessarily looking at it from that perspective as much this time. I think they, there's probably like an underlying motivation. I mean, D- Dabo really is able to sort of pull out and get that motivation factor for the players. But in basically any game that's why they've been so successful but I think they expected to be on the stage you know they 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 feel like they're going to win the the national championship you know Deshaun Watson expected to win the Heisman didn't and now he's playing for you know that title that they don't vote on you know stuff that he's talking about this week so it's it's that I think they haven't had to play the underdog role as much because you know they've they know they're supposed to be this good there was definitely no shortage of motivation. I mean, this is a team that all year long has had its sights set on getting to this point. You know, you, you hear it all throughout the season, uh, the, the repetitive over and over again. This is the biggest game of the year. Every single week is the same, but uh, they can't deny. But they've, this is where they've wanted to be all year. They've wanted to be back in a college football playoff playing in this game. I don't think there's any question of motivation whatsoever. In terms of that Vegas line, do you think there's a real reason why Ohio State is the favorite, or is that a lot of just reputation of Ohio State and Clemson? Yeah, I think I think some of it is kind of Vegas saying, "Hey, you know, put some money on Clemson." I don't know. I think it's 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 kind of hard to to say what 
the, you know, the, the huge factor is there. I mean, Ohio State's defense has been really good this season. They've got a lot of talent on offense. JT Barrett's you know played in some big games, you know, won big games. But it is kind of odd that it it isn't a little closer. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I think you could this game really you could have it as a pick'em game to me. I agree. I agree. I mean, to me, it's it's really a you know coin flip kind of game. Uh, my feeling is you know I, I've seen a lot of both of these teams play. I mean, I've certainly Clemson. I've watched a lot of Ohio State as well. And my feeling is that Clemson is the better football team right now. And I mean that in terms of, I think they have more players who are ready to play at this stage. Ohio State has just as much talent, maybe even more from a recruiting perspective in terms of four and five star guys on their roster. But I think Ohio State has a lot more guys who aren't ready to make a big impact right now. Or I think Clemson has more guys, maybe they weren't even the four or five star guys, but I think Clemson has more guys who are ready for a game like this, ready to help Clemson win a game like this. And to me, the big advantage Clemson has in this game is their ability to pass the ball downfield. I I think that Clemson, Deshaun Watson, the wide receivers they have, they haven't always been great. They haven't always been sharp this year. But we know they have the potential to pass the ball as well as any team in the country. With Ohio State, we haven't seen them be able to consistently move a ball downfield this year, and I think that's going to hurt them in this game. Yeah, the thing with Ohio State is, you know, there there is the expectation of Ohio State to compete for national championships every year, but it's really an accomplishment that they're at this stage with all the all the turnover they had from last year, all the guys that went to the NFL. Uh, you know, obviously, if if Clemson can. You know, be as balanced as they can be. You know, they they Booger McFarlane uh, on ESPN's been saying over and over that Clemson has the highest potential of any team in the playoff, and I and I believe that it's with Deshaun Watson, you know, the best quarterback in the nation, best definitely the best quarterback in this these four, and you know, with Brent Venables on defense, some of the playmakers they have there, Clemson at its best can be the best in this playoff field. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. I don't. I, I still don't feel like at this point in the year that we've seen Clemson at its best. I still feel like there's a level Clemson can play at that we haven't seen this year. Yeah, I mean Clemson's really shot itself in the foot a lot. A lot, a lot of turnovers. Uh, they just they haven't finished out some games. You know, they they play probably as complete a game as any game against South Carolina. And you know, Virginia Tech was a little bit closer, and Virginia Tech was able to, with some of the skill position weapons they had, they were able to get some, hit some big plays downfield. Uh, it's yeah, the, I think they can step it up a notch. You mentioned the the losses Ohio State had. It's 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 pretty amazing if these two teams are here because last year's draft, Ohio State had twelve players selected in the NFL draft. Clemson had nine. Those were more than any other school. These two teams lost the most players to the NFL last year. And yet they're back here, and I think it just speaks to uh, how well these teams have recruited and how well they've developed talent, because both of these teams, they may have lost a lot of guys to the NFL last year, but they're both loaded on both sides of the ball with guys who are going to be playing on Sundays. Yeah, it's just the, the programs that Urban Meyer and Davis Sweeney have built. They're, they're so strong, top to bottom. They're, you know, recruits around the nation know what to expect if they go to Clemson or Ohio State. And they're so good on both sides of the ball. So it's you if you if you want to go to the NFL, you know you can go to the NFL with Clemson Ohio State as good as any team in the nation, and that's why they're able to reload. Yeah, I think really 
my view, and, and we see it in this year's playoff, but right now, you've got Alabama, you've got Ohio State, you've got Clemson. In my view, those three programs, uh, they're just a step above everybody else right now. To me, they've established themselves as the elite in college football for right now, and everybody else has got to play catch-up. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're set up for years to come. You know, the thing with Clemson is gonna the reason that they're here more than a lot of reasons is, of course, they have an elite quarterback with Deshaun Watson. You know, that's going to be the interesting thing to watch going forward. You know, just they're recruiting really well at quarterback. It's going to be just how much will they miss Deshaun? You know, how much are, they, are Clemson fans going to appreciate Deshaun? Because you know, he's been picked apart here and there by, by the media, by fans. But, uh, you know, he's he's so good. And it's it's just, you know, it shows in the record books and the wins that he's, he's had. I'm going to go to a limb and say Clemson fans are going to really miss Deshaun next year. I think Deshaun's going to be very appreciated next year. <laughs> and that's nothing against any of the other quarterbacks they have. But I think uh, as good as Deshaun has been, uh, I think people are definitely going to appreciate that next year because there's going to be growing pains. Uh, mm-hmm. I think no matter who the quarterback is next year, uh, the next quarterback could be great, but I think no matter who it is, there's going to be some real growing pains when you lose a guy of Deshaun Watson's caliber. Absolutely, and it's you know it's going to be fun just to just to see you know what they're going to have a lot of pieces on offense next year. It's going to be fun to see you know what quarterback steps up into that role and you know how efficient they are. Now the other side of uh, of this equation, Ohio State, there's a bit of a quarterback question mark with JT Barrett. Uh, Barrett. Uh, uh, a well-known player, uh, a prominent player, uh, a very good runner, dual-threat type quarterback, but he's had some issues passing the ball, and we talked a little bit about storylines and motivation earlier, and probably the biggest storyline that's come out of the media interviews this week in Arizona was uh, Clemson safety Jadar Johnson. Uh, he made some comments about JT Barrett's lack of ability as a passer that uh, got a lot of attention. I'm looking here to see if I can get the, some of the exact quotes, but uh, he said, we, we definitely have faced better quarterbacks than him. I feel like if we can limit him on the ground with his running, that will be pretty good. I don't think he's a very accurate passer. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's definitely a good player, but I feel like his strong point is on his legs. If we can limit him with that, that we'll be able to play. Uh, at least Jadar knew his name uh, this time. You know, it wasn't like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, Jadar. You know, Jadar is a very honest person, and as a, as reporters, we love that mm-hmm. because he, you know, he he doesn't try to sugarcoat it. You hear so much in college football where players talk about their opponents and just talk them up, talk them up, talk them up because they want to avoid bulletin board material. In this case, Jadar did not take that route. He decided to be honest, and you know, truly, I've watched enough of JT Barrett to say that. Nothing he said is really wrong. I mean, I mean, I mean, JT Barrett has struggled to pass the ball this year. I don't think that's all on Barrett. I, I think that's partially because his wide receivers are not at the typical caliber of what they have been at Ohio State. But the reality is the, the biggest question mark for either team in this game, in my opinion, is can Ohio State pass the ball? Because uh, Ohio State's got a very good rushing offense. I mean, Barrett's a very good runner. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he's the only player in college football this year of 700 yards rushing and receiving. So he's a real dynamic guy who they're going to move all over the field. Uh, we'll talk a little bit mo- more about him in a few minutes. Uh, Mike Weber is also a good power back. He's actually uh, Ohio State's first 1,000-yard freshman running back in quite some time. Uh, so 
Ohio State, they've got a good running game, but I think in a game of this magnitude against a defense of Clemson's caliber, you're going to have a tough time winning this game if you're one-dimensional. So I think Ohio State's going to have to hit some plays in the passing game, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if they can. No, I'm not sure either. I mean, everything Johnson said was right. I think maybe if you're a coach, you want to say, hey, you know, Barrett's a, a really good quarterback, got him to this stage, you know, just leave it at that. Don't say that, you know, you can stop him this way or that way. But that's the way they're talking in, in the in the film room. That's what they're saying, and he's just telling us that. And that and that's great for us, and that's great to have some honesty there. Uh, I think, you know, Clemson's going to stack the box. They're going to sort of test them. You know, they're going to trust, you know, Tankersley and – some of the guys on out on the edge and say, "Hey, go stop these guys one on one. We're gonna we're gonna load the box." And I don't know, you know, Ohio State didn't really impress me that much against Michigan, which was another uh, really good defense. They were, you know, they hit some plays sort of towards the later in the game when when there were some Michigan turnovers. But I I, I think Clemson has the advantage when they can stack the box on this Ohio State offense. Uh, there's certainly going to be a spotlight on Jadar Johnson on Saturday. If, if, if he gets beat, gives up a big play, uh, Ohio State players and fans are, are not going to be shy about letting him know. Uh, I think that's for sure. But, you know, my personal opinion, when you get to a game of this level, I don't really think bullets and board material is going to make a big difference in this one. I mean, I mean, these teams don't need any added motivation. It's Clemson. It's Ohio State. These are two teams that have had their sights on competing for a national championship all year. I don't think they really need any extra motivation. Yeah, I mean, Clemson's playing for what they came up just short of last year. Ohio State's playing for a second national title in three seasons. So, yeah, it's all the cards are on the table. There's no no one word is going to put from one player is going to put one team over the top of the other. We talk, talked about some of those matchups that uh, Ohio State offense and Clemson defense is going to face. You know, I, I think the the obvious matchup. Uh, Brad Senkiv wrote about this, you know, earlier earlier this week, and about you know the matchup that could decide the game. And he wrote about the Clemson wide receivers versus the Ohio State defensive backs, and that that's the matchup that's getting a lot of attention in this game, and for good reason. I mean. We talked about guys who are going to be playing on Sundays. Clemson's got Mike Williams. They've got Artavis Scott. They've got Deion Kane, uh, Hunter Renfro, Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, it's just a loaded group of Clemson wide receivers. Then on the other side, you have Malik Hooker, who is, is unanimously selected as an All-American. He's the best safety in college football. You've got two great corners in Marshawn Lattimore and Gary Ann Conley. A, a ton of talent in that matchup, and that one's going to be really fun to watch. But... I also am going to be interested to see the other side of that matchup and how Clemson matches up with Ohio State offense. And I mentioned Curtis Samuel. That's going to be one of the matchups I think is going to be really interesting to see. How does Clemson defend Curtis Samuel? Ohio State is certainly going to move him all around the formation, so I don't think there's going to be one guy on him all game. But I think the guy who I really haven't heard talked about it all the past few weeks, but is quietly going to be a very important player in this game. Is going to be Ryan Carter for Clemson because uh, he's at his best in the slot. He he plays in the slot a lot, and I, I think he's going to be the guy that Clemson's going to task with stopping Curtis Samuel when he's in the slot. And that's that's a really tough task too. And and you know, I think one of the comparisons that I heard of Samuel was to uh, I believe. The guy for Virginia Tech, uh, Cam Phillips. Yeah. And Phillips had a big game against Clemson. So it's, 
you know, can Clemson uh, key in on him? I think that's, yeah, that's going to be a really key matchup on that side of the ball. I mean, we've seen it all year. Clemson's had trouble with unconventional receivers. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ohio State's going to be able to make plays on a perimeter passing game uh, against this Clemson defense. I, I just don't think Ohio State's wide receivers are good enough, and I don't think Barrett's a good enough downfield passer uh, to make plays on the outside against this team. I don't think it's going to happen. But a guy like Samuel, who, who they can move around and put him in some unfavorable matchups for Clemson, uh, that could cause Clemson problems. I mean, they've had problems all year with guys coming out of the backfield, with guys lining up inside, and I think that's going to be a big challenge for Clemson, probably the biggest challenge for Clemson's defense in this game. What's funny is that the guy that wants uh, Ohio State to throw it downfield and, and uh, throw it deep is Jadar Johnson. He's been so good at, at tracking down balls for interceptions. I think he'd be just fine with that. Yeah, certainly going to be a... You know, an interesting, interesting matchup there. Any other matchups that stand out to you, Brandon, as as matchups you're going to want to watch in this game? Well, I wonder how you know we talked about Clemson passing the ball in Ohio State. They've got a great secondary. Uh, you know, Ohio State has sort of a younger defensive line. They, they're rotating in some guys in and out, and I wonder how we talked about it all year with Deshaun Watson and running the ball. You know, when he uh, you know, runs at least you know five yards per carry, which is a lot for a quarterback. But Clemson's never lost, and that's been in some big games. Is Deshaun Watson going to run as effectively as he has in big Clemson wins over the years? And you know, Wayne Gallman, is he going to have? Is is it going to be a one-two punch where they're going to be able to have Ohio State on his heels, whether they're throwing or passing? Uh, that's what I wonder. Yeah, I mean, we talked all year about how important that Clemson running game is, and. You know, the offensive line, I think, has been an underwhelming unit for Clemson this year. Uh, certainly in the running game, just hasn't quite moved people away that we thought. But and I think that's going to be a huge element of this game for Clemson is running the ball consistently because uh, another thing you mentioned earlier, and that I think is might be the key that decides this game, is going to be turnovers. And the more Clemson is forced to pass the ball downfield, mm-hmm. the more likely they are to turn the ball over. And you look at Ohio State, Ohio State's been one of the best teams in the country this year at winning the turnover battle. I mean, you look at the Michigan game, they don't beat Michigan if it's not for the turnover battle. That's the reason why they won that game. But their defense is very good at not only forcing turnovers, but taking advantage when turnovers happen. They, they have guys who can score defensive touchdowns, and, and their offense typically does well when you give them a short field. So... Uh, I think the turnover margin, uh, Clemson has the worst turnover margin by far in the college football playoff. There's a zero. All the other teams have uh, significantly positive turnover margins. And the way I see it is, if Clemson doesn't lose the turnover margin, they should win the game. I, I think they they can outscore Ohio State with their ability to move the ball. I think if it's just offense versus offense, Clemson's going to win the game. But I think that if you give Ohio State favorable field position, whether that be turnovers or special teams, I'm not, I wouldn't worry as much about special teams this year because their special teams have been much better this year. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's a very good special teams team, so you never know. But you wouldn't think on paper that Clemson's going to have too many problems in special teams. I think turnovers, though. Let's say Clemson loses the turnover margin minus two. Can they win the game? I'm not sure if they can in that situation. Yeah, it's you, know, you can get away with that in some certain ACC games. 
you, you can get away with that in some non-conference games, but when you're on this stage, yeah, you can't make mistakes like that. I mean, we talk about Clemson having the high, highest ceiling of any of the playoff teams, but yeah, they, they have that destructive capability too where they're able to self-destruct, and they've done it uh, you know, too often in, in games where they should have put them away easily. So you can't do that when the talent levels are so high on both sides of the ball. The coaches are so good. So many players are so good at, at so many different positions. You have to at least be even in turnover margin. And I think, I think they're, they've, they've kind of improved on that as the season's gone a little bit in the turnover margin. I think that's going to serve them well here. Yeah, Clemson didn't have the same turnover problems in the last three games that it had in previous games. So they need to hope that's a trend. They need to hope if they can keep that up and, and continue to protect the ball. I mean, you mentioned Clemson having the highest ceiling, but the question is because of their turnover issues, does Clemson also have the lowest floor in this college football playoff? Lowest floor? That's a tough question. I, I you know, I think they don't, I don't know if they have the lowest floor just because I think they're, because Washington's probably the least talented team in the playoff. But I think they, they have the maybe the capability, because they are lower than all the other playoff teams, where they can self-destruct maybe more than some other teams. We're going to make our predictions for Clemson-Ohio State, but let's look at that Alabama-Washington game for a couple minutes because uh, certainly Clemson's focus is on Ohio State, but we can look ahead a little bit and think about if Clemson beats Ohio State, what what's going to happen and certainly uh, I think if you're a Clemson fan you're, you're probably going to be making time to watch the Peach Bowl before a Fiesta Bowl too because you're going to want to see what happens in that Alabama-Washington game and you know Al- Alabama uh, they've been the dominant team in college football this year I mean they've, they've been the best team and uh, there's a lot of reason to believe they're going to win this game and they might defend their national title but I think Washington's going to give them a game. I really do. I, I I don't see this being anything like last year's Alabama-Michigan State game. I think Michigan State, uh, that was a terrible matchup for them because they play the same kind of football as Alabama does. You're not going to beat Alabama at their own game. I think Washington, uh, their ability to pass the ball, uh, this might be the best offense that Alabama's faced all year. It's been a down year for the SEC, especially on offense and especially at the quarterback position. And I, I think Washington's going to test this Alabama defense in a way it maybe hasn't been tested this year. I think Alabama's the best defense in the country, but I, I think Washington's going to test that Alabama defense. And then you look at the other side of the ball, Washington's defense is a top 10 defense. It, that's probably the most overlooked unit in this college football playoff is what Washington can do defensively. So I think Washington, if they can test Alabama's defense and play well themselves on defense, they have a real chance in this game. Yeah, they've you know, they've got a couple of sort of top 10 efficiency offense and defense. They've got the balance that they deserve to be here. But you look at Alabama's season and some of their non-conference games, and it's like 52-6 over Southern Cal. Now, that was a different Southern Cal team. They, they weren't as good as they were down the stretch, but Alabama's just so good. I think it's not a question of – I think Alabama's definitely going to win. It's going to be a question of how much of a game Washington gives them. I think that Washington could keep it within two touchdowns, but I don't think it's going to be like a, a nail-biter down-to-the-wire game. 
walked up to I go on his show on WCCP, and we were talking about this the other day, and I, I agree with him that he thinks the key to this game for Washington is going to be how do they handle the initial surge. I mean, this, Alabama's basically going to be playing a home game. This game's mm-hmm. in Atlanta. There's not going to be many Huskies fans there. There's going to be a lot of Alabama fans there. Alabama, this is their third year in a row in the college football playoff. Uh, they are going to be as prepared as any team in this entire field to play in this environment. Whereas Washington's a newcomer. They haven't been in this position before. And I think the question it really is, can Washington handle the spotlight? Can they handle the big stage? Because if they let this game get away from them early, it is going to be a blowout. I mean, this is an Alabama team that if they get a big lead on you, you typically don't come back uh, because their defense is dominant. They make big plays on defense and special teams, and they can run the ball and, and grind the clock out. So I think if you're Washington, you have to get off to a good start. You, 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 if you get off to a good start, you, you have a chance. I, I do think it's going to be tough. I agree with you. I think that over the course of this game, at some point, Alabama is going to take over. They're going to win the game. But I, I think Washington can keep it close if it gets off to a good start, if it makes some plays in the passing game, if it avoids turnovers. I think if you make mistakes early and allow Alabama to make big plays early, it, it could get ugly real fast. Yeah, I mean, there's just the margin of error is just so thin against Alabama, and it's really you have to do so much well, and they score so much on defense and special teams, and there's just so many ways that they can flip the momentum of a game where it's maybe it's close for a little while, and then all of a sudden it's a three touchdown game, and. Washington, it's an accomplishment for them just to, to win the Pac-12, to make the playoff. They they should play with no, you know, they shouldn't play with any pressure in this game. You know, they, no one expects them to go in there and win, so they should play pretty loose and free. And I think Peterson's a good coach. He's he's been he's coached these big underdog teams in these big stage games with Boise State. So that's going to be fun to see. You know, are they going to break out some trick plays? Are they going to? I think they're they're going to play hard. I just don't – I think in the end, Alabama will pull away. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think Washington definitely has the least pressure of outside expectations going into this game because Alabama and Clemson, I mean, both of these teams have been penciled in to get back to the national championship game all year. Ohio State, the expectation there is always to play for a national championship. It doesn't matter how many players they lost to the NFL. They always expect to be in this situation. Washington's the one team here of it wasn't widely projected to be in this position. So I do think they have less pressure. I think the problem with that is Alabama has proven time and time again that they're as good at handling that pressure as any team in college football. Yep, absolutely. It's you know, I think uh, we're, that's why we're going to see them in Tampa. So we're, we're both picking Alabama to win. We're both picking Alabama to get back to the national championship game. Uh, the spread opened at 14 points. It's currently 13.5. Do you think Alabama covers that? I think they probably barely cover it. Maybe it's, it's exactly you know fourteen points, two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm about the same way if you there. I think I think the spread's pretty much spot on. I I think Alabama probably does win by two scores, um, where that's 10, 14, maybe it becomes a seventeen point game. But I don't see it being a complete route. Uh, but I do think Alabama will ultimately win by a couple scores. So uh, now let's get back to the Ohio State Clemson game, I and mean, this is the game that. You know, Clemson, uh, they, they want to beat Alabama. They want to be winning that championship. they got to beat Ohio State first. Uh, do you think they're going to do it, Brandon? I do. I, I think uh, Deshaun Watson, this is the stage that he just performs that he's brightest at. And 
they I like Brent Venables with you know some extra time, some preparation. They seem to always have that, especially in this like in these in these bowl games. I mean, against Oklahoma, they absolutely shut down an Oklahoma team that was you know kind of lackluster down the stretch in that that Russell Athletic Bowl season, and then a year later they shut down basically shut them down again against the in the Orange Bowl. So. I like Clemson in, in these kind of games. I'm picking them 31-27. Yeah, I'm going with Clemson 31, Ohio State 24. I, I think that Ohio State's going to make enough plays to, to keep this game close. Uh, I would not expect this game to be a blowout one way or the other. I'd be really surprised if this game was lopsided one way or the other. Both these teams are very well coached. They're going to be prepared for this game. They're very talented, and it's going to be a slugfest. But... I just think that at the end of the day, Clemson's advantages as an offense, their ability to move the ball down the field, uh, is significantly superior to Ohio State. And I I think that that's going to make the difference in this game. I I think turnovers, uh, if Ohio State can win that margin, they have a chance. They make some big plays on defense or special teams. They certainly have a chance. Uh, And I think those will keep it closer than it could be. But at the end of the day, I, I do think Clemson's going to win this game. I, I think that you know Clemson can win this game. Uh, I don't know if they can beat Alabama. We'll talk about that <laughs> if it comes to it. But uh, I think they can beat. I think they can beat Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State is the favorite in this game based on reputation. Uh, I think that's based on uh, you know the fact that you know people still have a perception of Clemson not always winning the big games and I, I think Clemson uh, has proven that it can win the big games and I, I, I think that they're they're going to do what they need to do to win this one. Yeah, I mean if if you're still using terms like Clemsoning and if you, you're still thinking in that mindset then you just haven't been paying attention in the last few years of this team under Dabo Sweeney I mean they they get it done they, they, they win big games they have players that perform really well on the big stage, and I would expect nothing less. Certainly, the same could be said for Urban Meyer and his crew. I mean, they're they always play well on the big stage. Uh, they're as as good as anybody at, at winning these big games and making the plays they need to make. But you know, it, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good game, and I'm really looking forward to watching it. And we really hope that you all will follow along with all of our coverage. Uh, orangeandwhite.com independentmail.com every single day pick up a copy of the independent mail we've got full coverage of the game in there Uh, follow us on twitter at orange and white go to our facebook page orangeandwhite.com we're doing a lot of facebook lives and stuff over there and you know we've got a good team out there covering it um, and we're we're looking forward to it. it it's going to be a big game and you know we hope that you all enjoy our coverage of the game so we're going to try to cover it as best as we can and you know win or lose we're gonna we're gonna be there and we're, we're gonna have a lot to to write and say about it so uh thank you all for for listening in on this podcast all year i'm sure we'll be back talking to you one way or another and uh hope you all enjoy the week and enjoy the game